Hello, my friends, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. Well, it's almost about that time, Black History Month. So prepare yourself for being bombarded with stories and TV specials talking about us like we're only worth listening to in the month of February. I'm just letting you newcomers know that Black History Moments with Bo is about the truth and we are here every day, every month with truth and facts. And we may be a lot of things, but we are not fake. And some of the things that we tell you and the stories we bring to you may seem unreal, but they're real. I told you from the beginning, we might tell you some things that'll make you mad. And then again, we might tell you some things that'll make you downright just sad. But above all else, we're gonna tell you the truth. You see, because the truth is still the truth, even if no one believes it. And a lie is still a lie, even if everyone believes it. And I have come to the conclusion that our world suffers a lot, not because of the violence of bad people, but because of the silence of good people. So let's slip into darkness, and I'm gonna tell you about one of those good people. Robert Reed Church Sr. was a millionaire business leader and philanthropist in Memphis, Tennessee. Did you hear what I said? A millionaire. Born in Holly Springs, Mississippi on June the 18th, 1839, he was a product of an interracial union. His father was a steamboat captain, Charles Church, and his mother, Emmeline, was an enslaved seamstress who died when Robert was 12 years old. His daddy employed Robert as a cabin boy and a steward. And after damn near dying in a steamboat sinking in 1855, Robert in 1862 was forced to be a cabin steward on a Union steamer during the Civil War. So here's a black man forced to be a cabin steward on a Union steamer. But in 1862, Church married Louisa Ayers, a former slave. The couple had one child, Mary Eliza, who became a prominent civil rights and women's rights advocate. But after his marriage ended in divorce, Church married Anna Wright in 1885, and they had Robert Jr., who eventually followed his father into business and politics. Then in 1865, Robert and Louisa Church settled in Memphis, where they both became entrepreneurs, Louisa opening a string of beauty salons while Robert acquired a saloon and added to his holdings over the years, 
eventually owning a restaurant in a downtown hotel. During the Memphis race riot of 1866, a white mob attacked Church's salon, shot him and left him for dead. We all know that whiteness did not want to see no black man owning a hotel in Memphis in 1866. But Church recovered and vowed to remain in Memphis despite the anti-black violence. He hung out during the yellow fever epidemic of 1878 and afterwards bought considerable real estate when property values were depressed. Church ran for office only one time in his career, and that was when he campaigned unsuccessfully for a position on the Memphis Board of Public Works to press for more recreational facilities for local blacks. And he failed, but he never gave up that effort, and in 1899 used his own money to purchase a tract of land on Beale Street where he built an auditorium, landscaped the surrounding grounds, and called the venture Church's Park an auditorium, the first major urban recreational center in the nation owned by an African-American. They put the value of the church at $100,000. When built, the auditorium seated more than 2,000 people and became a renowned cultural, recreational, and civic center for black Memphians. Another famous Memphis citizen, W.C. Handy, got the job as orchestra leader at the park and auditorium. And speakers and performers at Church's Auditorium included Booker T. Washington, James Weldon Johnson, and the Fifth Jubilee Singers. President Theodore Roosevelt spoke to 10,000 people gathered at the auditorium and on the surrounding grounds in 1902. And the president's presence and speech acknowledged church's political prominence in Republican Party circles. You see, two years earlier in 1900, church had been a Memphis delegate to the Republican National Convention, which had nominated William McKinley for president and Roosevelt for vice president. In 1906, church influenced by Booker T. Washington's National Negro Business League, founded the Solvent Savings Bank and Trust Company, the first black bank in Memphis since the collapse of the Freedmen's Savings and Trust Company Bank, Memphis branch in 1874. During the 1907 panic, Church avoided a run on his bank by placing bags of money in its windows with signs guaranteed that he had adequate reserve to pay off depositors. And throughout his years in Memphis, Church gave liberally to local schools, social and civic organizations, and charities, becoming the most prominent philanthropist in the city. In 1893, he purchased the first municipal bond issued by the city of Memphis after its bankruptcy in 1879. 
and in 1908, he paid off creditors to prevent them from seizing Bill Street Baptist Church. And unfortunately, Robert Reed Church Sr. died in Memphis in 1912 at the age of 73. There you have it, my friends. Robert Church, a man who scratched his way up from a cabin steward to become a millionaire and to help his people. Rest in peace, my brother. I know your story has not been told by many people, but we told it today, and we will keep it alive in our archives for future people to look on and listen to and learn from. Because I know that you learned not to give because you have much, but because you know exactly how it feels to have nothing. My friends, that music tells me that it is exactly that time. And I know this has been a short session today, but truth comes in all sizes. And whether it takes two days or two minutes, we're going to bring it to you every chance we get. So have a great day, my friends. Until next time, it has truly been my honor. Peace to my ancestors and my elders, for I walk in your strength, legacy, and power today and every day.